Welcome to Love Always Self, a podcast about connection to self, reflections of self, and how this impacts our reality. We're all about trying to find balance, discovering tools for spiritual wellness, and creating a safe place to have loving conversations about a broad range of topics. I'm Carissa, an energy healer with a background in Reiki, nursing, health coaching, and personal training. I have a holistic mindset and believe that everyone and everything can work together in harmony so that we can create more balanced life experiences. And I'm Shira, a spiritual intuitive and explorer of personal truth with a background in management and finance. I feel we are all connected and guided by our own spiritual team, whom I refer to as Mount Glass. And I want to help teach you how to connect with yours. We believe we're all connected and by learning to love self, we will elevate the collective consciousness and learn to create deeper connections with each other, self, and source. As we grow and learn through our own life adventures and self-discoveries, we hope you gain insights into your own truth. Don't forget to subscribe to stay notified of new content, and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Love Always Self. I'm Shira. Hi, y'all. I'm Carista. Thank you so much for joining us today and tuning in for a special limited series called The People's Journey. Yay! (laughs) Uh, Today, our guest is a very close friend of ours, Lance Olean, and he is here to share his life experiences and the insights he has gained as he's worked to create greater awareness and deeper connections with himself on a physical, mental, and spiritual level. So we are super excited to have him on today. Hello. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yay. Thanks for being here today. Mind and a willingness for growth and expansion. It is this same will that has allowed Lance to leverage spirituality as a tool for universal connection and abundant reception. To state this more plainly, by intentionally delving into the spirit world, Lance has been able to manifest exponentially increasing health, wealth, and happiness. He currently works full-time as a marketing executive and lives in Austin, Texas with his soulmate and his two beautiful, adorable Akitas. His fur babes. His fur babes. <laughs> right. Which Chile is so and Ibo. Cute. Yay. Oh, so Lance, thank you again so much for being here today. Uh, we're super excited to uh, hear about your, your journey. Um, I know personally that uh, you have done a lot of deep diving and exploration and self-discovery. So I'm super excited to have you share that, uh, all this stuff with us. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what comes of this. Uh, it was a interesting practice and extra exercise for me to go back and think about this journey and, and how I got from point A to, to point B. Uh, yeah. As I'm sure you might imagine, it was not linear. Uh, it involved a lot of loops, a lot of ups and down, backwards, forwards, and sideways. Uh, but it was really cool to, to prep for this discussion today and, and think through uh, everything I've been through up to this point. Very cool. What would you say was like the first thought that came to you when, you know, when we sent you the, uh, the outline and we were discussing like, Hey, this is kind of the things that we plan to talk about. And you had to go back and recap that information. Like what was like the first thing that kind of came to you to, to think about? So as I mapped out, um, everything we'll, we'll discuss today, uh, it was twofold, right? It was, is one personal of how far I've come. Um, meaning in, in the change of who I was, how I thought about things, how I felt about things several years ago uh, before embarking on the spiritual journey versus how I thought about now. And then also 
a more widely uh, appealing concept, not just to myself, but to all of us is how much onus, how much control we have on dictating our own future, right? Mm -hmm. the, the fact that like, I mean, I'm nothing unique, I'm nothing special. If I could um, embark in this journey and see real world tangible results by tapping more into my spirituality, uh, that's, that tells me that this is all uh, flexible, this is all changeable, this is all uh, a reality that we can shape on our own uh, if we just have the will to do so. Love Beautifully it. said. <laughs> Thank you. Beautifully said. So where does your story begin, this spiritual journey of yours? Yeah, uh, I'm excited to get into this. And if you see me look off screen here, I got my, my speaking notes and uh, it's making me chuckle because the first bullet point is uh, fat, drunk, and poor. <laughs> so <laughs> where, where our story starts out uh, is, uh, I, I don't want to say rock bottom because that's not true at all, but it was definitely an area uh, of my life that was riddled with distraction. Uh, distraction through just drinking multiple nights of the week, uh, eating fast food and, and just, just crap, right? Like not, e not even being conscious about what I was eating or drinking, uh, having no uh, financial uh, awareness or intelligence. I mean, really, you could just classify this whole area of my life of like just low self-awareness. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, it's kind of a perpetuating cycle. So eating crap, drinking. Yeah, I was having fun. I was out partying, uh, but it wasn't getting me anywhere. Uh, it was actually just keeping me stuck in like a, a pattern of living paycheck to paycheck, uh, not really dealing with any stresses or anxieties, um, and just kind of staying in, in like a, um, a low state, which is, it's weird to say now, because at the time, like, it didn't necessarily feel bad, yeah. right? Like I said, like I was having fun. I was in my, my 20s just doing the 20s thing. Uh, but, but it had no direction. Uh, and there was a yearning inside me for like, mm, there's, there's more to life than this. Mm. Yeah. I'm very familiar with that path. <laughs> Lance has seen that part of that path for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we all are right. And I think like, that's kind of almost the, the step one of a spiritual journey is, is some kind of like pilot light, uh, gets lit inside of us and it starts with curiosity and we're like well, what is this and we just kind of like pull at a thread and discover more and more and more mm -hmm. um so the first it, it either comes internally or externally right externally it could be like you have people around you uh who are going through this amazing experience and you're like what's happening there i want some of that mm -hmm. uh and and for me it was both right it was this internal uh, drive and desire for for more, whatever that meant. And at the time, I didn't really even know what that meant, uh, other than just like more life. Uh, and a combination of friends who had uh, maybe been like a, years ahead of me on this journey. They've already been doing the work for like five years, a decade. And just kind of being around them, hearing what they've been through, uh, it was a realization to me of like, hey, there's, there's something else beyond what I'm doing, how I'm spending my days right now. Um, it reminds me, I think it's, um, I don't want to misquote, but Jim Rohn, 
um, says like, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's very true uh, from what I found. Your average either elevates you, it brings you up, like uh, you surround yourself with such inspirational people that it inspires you, or it brings your average down. Um, I, I get that. Like you, it's, it's almost like peer pressure. Like, mm-hmm. are you going to be pressured to elevate? Or are you going to be pressured to stay where you're at or even lower? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, and like, I think one of the most concrete ways we see this play out is everyone around you uh, is in poor health. It's going to be really hard for you to break out of that, that mm-hmm. cycle because everyone's going to be eating crappy. They're going to like, uh, like you said, peer pressure you into doing activities. They're going to talk you out of going to the gym, or you can get friends who are much fitter than you. And it gives you something to aspire to and reasons to go to the gym, reasons to eat better. Uh, so that's kind of one of the most like game-changing things you can do for yourself and probably the most challenging up front. Because in that statement, that doesn't just mean you need to seek out people inspire, that inspire you but it also might mean you need to make tough decisions on maybe you have some friends or family members uh, that, that are lowering your average, that are full of negativity, that, that intentionally try to hold you back. Like maybe you have conversations with them of like, hey, I, I think I want to achieve this goal. And they're like, no, nah, you don't need to do that. And you need to willingly cut them out of your life. And it's, it's tough and it's a challenge. And I've had to do that before with like really close friends uh, family members. Um, but I I can tell you from firsthand experience, like being able to let go of negative relationships, toxic relationships that don't bring you value and seeking out high value relationships that do inspire you that, that can just make a world of difference in your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. Uh, the other thing I would add is, uh, reading, right? Like the, the wisdom of the ages is, is found within books. Uh, and there's just something special that the brain does when, uh, when you read, when you, when you hear what others have discovered, right? Like it doesn't all have to be self-discovery. It doesn't have to just be you sitting in the silence, waiting for epiphany to come to you. Uh, read other people's experiences. Read, read what uh, people have learned for thousands of years before us uh, and, and get some guidance. Uh, and maybe the, the last point I'd say on that is uh, work, work with an actual personal guide, a spiritual guide, uh, whether that be on the more uh, directly spiritual side, like a, a leader in your, your church or synagogue or mosque or ashram or uh, whatever, uh, or whether it be something more uh, on the Western medicine side, like a therapist, psychologist, uh, someone who can really just help you understand the changes of your thoughts, the changes of your emotions. Uh, because if you are embarking on a spiritual journey, you're going to have a lot of realizations that make sense, but you're also going to have a lot of uh, epiphanies that maybe you need help processing, you need help understanding and working through. So the, the coaches the are also good for that. <laughs> What's also good? I said coaches are also good for yes. that. Yeah. yeah. Coaches, so, guides, professionals. Absolutely. Yep. So who or what guided you in the beginning of your spiritual journey? 
Yeah, so uh, I sought out um, a professional uh, who had a combination of um, like established Western medical techniques and practices, but also was able to incorporate uh, these uh, practices and wisdoms that were millennia old, like brought over from uh, uh, Eastern traditions um, that maybe don't have a uh, an established Western medical background, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but they get the results. They they're kind of tried and true uh, over centuries uh, working with humans. So uh, I was able to find someone uh, uniquely versed in in both of those capacities, uh, and and we started out um, about seven years ago uh, working in that practice uh, and uh, basically meeting on a, a pretty regular basis. What was really interesting uh, beginning that process uh, is understanding that I didn't even know how to think about things in terms of feelings. Like I remember some of those first sessions, uh, she was like, we, we worked through something that was causing me stress or anxiety. It's like, how does that make you feel? Uh, and then I would say, oh, well, I think this or that. She was like, yeah, those are, those are your thoughts. She's like, how does he make you feel? And we go through this like several iterations only to find that like I had become so desensitized, so unaware that I didn't even know my own feelings and emotions about something, which means that I was just thinking through it and then like reacting. I wasn't choosing my reaction. It was almost more like stimulus response, uh, which um, is, is kind of a, a, a low evolutionary state, right? Like that's the beautiful thing about being human is that space that exists in between stimulus and response. Mm-hmm. But to be able to choose how you respond, you have to be aware of how you feel about things, why you feel that way. And, and then once you know that, then you can choose, here's how I want to respond based on the best result for me. So how was it learning to reconnect with feelings? Uh, wow. <laughs> uh, so, so th- this is interesting. And if, uh, if I could give like a thesis statement up front about this whole journey, <laughs> it's probably what I'm about to say next. Um, I hated the process. And that was such a big surprise to me. Like, and that was the one thing I never really uh, heard through other people's journeys you always hear about like the results, but, or I hear people who like genuinely like engaging uh, in, in this kind of, um, let's call it a magical world, right? Like you have the, the tangible stuff here in front of you. Like I'm going to work, I'm interacting with my family, uh, I'm visiting my friends, but then you have all this stuff that comes through uh, meditation, comes through um, uh, spiritual study that you can't really define. And I was surprised how off-putting it was to me. Uh, So to be a little more clear, I went, uh, I remember my very first meditation practice. It was when I was in business school and I had a uh, professor who uh, was was into meditation. He said, hey, why don't you come join us for for a group sit? And I had a lot of trust in this professor. And I said, okay, if this person's suggesting it, it's relatively probably generally a good thing. And I went and sat and I remember being in this room uh, with the, the windows closed, no music, 
sitting on a pillow in silence for 30 minutes. And all I could think of was, uh, is it boring? <laughs> My back hurts. Is anything going to happen? Uh, and, and it was just, it was maddening because nothing did happen, right? But that had to do with my expectations. I thought mm -hmm. like, you know, sit here and then like all of a sudden this lightning bolt of inspiration is going to come down. <laughs> doesn't work that way. I blame the movies. I blame <laughs> the movies. And anyone who's gone through this practice understands that. Uh, and I guess now I'm specifically talking about meditation, right? Like now being in a place where I have practiced meditation for, I mean, that was seven years ago. And uh, I do it uh, pretty much daily, right? Like I'm imperfect. Um, but you do get to a point where like you do have these intense moments of, of clarity and vision. And I've actually been to a place where like I've been able to have out of body experiences and, and see very visual things, right? Like all by just sitting in silence. Uh, but when you first embark on it, it's not like that. It's, it's like training a muscle, right? Like the first time you get under a squat bar, you're not going to be able to squat 300 pounds. Like your legs are going to move weird and things are going to be all out of whack and out of balance. And that's feel really shitty afterwards too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so mentally, like the first time sitting for a meditation, uh, you're just forming the connections. Uh, and it is frustrating. Um, and I remember going on a retreat, expecting like maybe the retreat would be fun. Uh, and I disliked that even more, oh, right? No. Like it was an entire weekend of things that I was expecting one thing and another was happening. And I felt like it was a waste of time and money. But I was going to say, there's the huge <laughs> BUT the results. So, what I've realized one has to do in a spiritual journey is almost view the self, so the object, as a subject, right? Like you're you're now the observer of the experiment, which is you. And so, if you just look at yourself as a subject in an experiment. And like, you can map it over time, say like, here's the things I was thinking and feeling, right? Like, this is why journaling is so important. Here's the things I was thinking, feeling, and doing on, on this date. I did this work for a couple months. Now here's the things I'm thinking, doing, and feeling. And then you compare it and say like, wow, this is substantial progress. Like maybe I didn't enjoy going through the maze to find the cheese, but now that I have it, like this is extremely rewarding. And so having that reward, having those results, uh, that for me is what has kept me going. Um, but I, I just wanted to, to get that out there because I don't think that's, that's talked about a whole lot is, is the process itself. Like it can be raw, it can be painful. Yeah. Like it can bring up emotions that you'd rather not deal with. And that's the reason you've been suppressing them for years, right? Or, or thoughts or, or ways that you view yourself or all of a sudden coming to light and you're like, oh, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. But that's the stuff you can't avoid. That, that is the work, right? Like people talk about doing the work. This is the work they're talking about. Mm 
and that's, cleaning that's up how the dark you get the corners. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. There's a lot of times that, you know, when communicating with my higher self, they'll say something to me like, you know, this is great, keep going. But then they will present all the shit that I've just pushed down that I didn't want to face because now I feel ready to face it, whether I perceive that as me being ready or not. So like, that's kind of one of those things where it's like, when you start to see all those traumas and those emotions coming back up to you and it's happening in a repeated nature, that's kind of like your higher self, the person that of the, the vision, the portion of you that's zoomed way out and can see what it is that you need at that time. And so they just keep pushing and pushing and pushing those thoughts towards you. And so all of a sudden you start to see yourself in the more tangible and the here and now you'll start to continue to start to think about all the things that, you know, were traumas in your past. Um, and catching the ones that are repeated, uh, you know, I feel lonely, I feel lonely, I feel lonely, I feel lonely. That's kind of like your indication at that point that this is something you need to work on currently. Mm -hmm. I, I absolutely agree. And the, the thing that makes such a huge difference to me is removing the judgment. So like when you get a message like, I'm so lonely, instead of saying like, I'm so lonely and that's a bad thing and I'm a bad person because I'm lonely. Like just mm -hmm. be the observer. Say like, approach it with curiosity. Like I'm lonely. Okay, why, why am I lonely? How do I want to feel instead? If, if I want to feel uh, connected, what are some things that I can do within myself to feel more connected and, and focus on, on those wanted things, right? Like, and you can't get there if you're constantly judging, right? Like if you're sitting in meditation, you're like, hmm, why aren't the epiphanies coming? Why don't I have any clarity? Why am I still confused? Like that's judgment, judgment, judgment. But if you just take a step back, like you said, be your bigger self and just say, interesting, interesting you're having that thought. How do you, you want to feel? What, what can you do to change it? Are you in the right environment you need to be? Do you need to, to change that up a bit? Um, the, the, the judgment, <laughs> the guilt, shame, that serves none of us. That, that does not, uh, not help with progression. And uh, I think this is great because I actually wrote this down while you were talking a few minutes ago, Lance. Um, how are you, you know, in this work, you started recognizing that you had expectations and judgments while in this process of your spiritual journey. So how did you start managing and releasing those expectations and judgments? Oh, wow. What, what a good question. Um, first is, is to kind of understand where the, the expectations come from. Um, and I guess I, let me just, instead of being vague, I want to talk to my personal experience yes. a lot for me, as for uh, a lot of people who are working things like they're embedded in your childhood. Uh, and so I had a lot of external pressure, um, to meet certain expectations either because I was an athlete, like, oh, you need to be a professional athlete or like, because I had some, uh, um, acumen in, in classes like, oh, you need to be a valedictorian, right? Like the bar was so high. The bar was basically unachievable. Like unless you were a valedictorian professional athlete and uh, the top 1% of society and everything, like you failed. 
And so step one is to realize anything external, any external pressure doesn't matter because it's about you. Like, yeah. like people are going to yeah, but this to death. I'm sorry, none of it matters. <laughs> yeah, but my, uh, my spouse doesn't matter. Yeah, but my parents doesn't matter. Yeah, but my boss, but no, you can't yeah, but this. External pressures are not you. This is your life. You decide where you want to go with it, right? So that's first one is totally have to bifurcate, separate off the external pressures. Then, and only then, can you come to truth with what's your internal drive, right? And usually find like two things. You'll find like the true thing that you're wanting to do and then like the shadow side of it. Uh, when you get to the true thing, like it usually comes back to life pursuing more life, right? Like, hey, if you have an expectation of, I wanna live in a nicer house or I wanna have more money for these things, like that's good and normal, but you need to detach it from like an if then statement. Does that, does that make sense? That's what I'm saying. Yep. Like, it, it's not like, Hey, I'll only be a full, complete, happy person if I have these things. And that's a very different energy than acknowledging, Hey, this is what potential I have. And because I feel that potential and the want for those things, then I'm, I'm going to go in that direction. Did that answer the question? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it takes it to a whole new level too, because one of the things that I feel is so important is that understanding of being energetically connected to what you're asking for and what it is that you truly want to experience. So back when you were going through this and coming to where you're at today, because I, I saw the transition with you personally, because uh, we would have so many years between when I'd run into you and when I didn't, you know, or what I did. And so I saw your, your transformation happen. And there were times where you inspired me. And I'm not sure if I ever told you that, actually. No. Um, I think it was when Carrie and I were roommates. You had came over. I hadn't seen you in years. And I just saw this, like, energetic, clean like you had gotten in great shape, you know, clean as in like you were just sure. okay. Wait a minute, you're not You're dirty probably before, also physically cleaner. Like, yeah, I was physically cleaner back in the day. I get it. My bad, my bad. So like, <laughs> um, but like the you energy was clear. The energy was clear. <laughs> I never, I didn't perceive things back then the way I do now. So like. In my eyes, I just saw somebody who is literally transformed, but for the better. And and so I I was witnessing you uh, becoming who you were becoming, right? And so for me, it was inspiring. And there were times, though, that I would look at this and say, oh, wow, like, Shira, get your shit together. Look what he was able to accomplish, you know, because I wasn't at work. I wasn't at that. It took years later after that, right? So yeah. So kudos to you for that. But there was, there was, I felt like it was almost like maybe like a, maybe it was like two years. And I've always wanted to ask you, like, was there any like full on trigger for you that, that kind of pushed you into this direction to begin with? Was it, uh, cause I don't think you said it was anything yeah. like super crazy. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I think I think there was, and let's go into it. And uh, but before I move past it, th thank you for saying that. Um, I want to take a little tangent here uh, because obviously both of y'all have grown in your own journeys as well, right? And so uh, we're very the three of us are very like minded in the way that we're inspiring each other. As you go through this process, you need to exercise a little bit of caution who you share this with, who you engage with. One, not everyone's going to be ready to hear this kind of stuff. And two, going back to the metaphor I was using about like, if you're trying to get in better health and everyone around you is like in poor health, they're, they're going to try to like take that away from you. Mm -hmm. uh, not everyone's ready for you to change. Not mm -hmm. everyone will accept that you have changed. Be like, no, nah, you're just the same person. You're just putting on a front. You're saying some things. You're not actually different. This is just a phase. <laughs> it, just a phase. Yeah, right. Uh, like, the, yeah. It, give it a couple months, you'll be back to where you were. So uh, to stay on track, to keep making progress, uh, just exercise some discretion of, of, of who you, you know, fully disclose things to. Uh, so I, I believe your, your question was like, was there any main catalyst? Uh, it, it was probably a whole bunch of things at once, to be honest. Um, I, I talked about the, the five people you surround yourself with. There was one person in my life. Um, I'll go ahead and, and call her out by name because um, I'm going to say very good things about her. Uh, uh, author and life coach, Christine Hassler. Yes. Uh, I knew her through a, a friend uh, who had introduced us. Um, and I mean, if we're talking about averages at the time, like she was somewhere up here and <laughs> I was here. And she's, she's still way up there. <laughs> she <just> keeps going. <laughs> and and uh, she sent me a gift. She sent me a book, uh, uh, The Science of Getting Rich. And for those of you who have read it, uh, it's it's really basically using the concept of spirituality and and mindset uh, to transform it into tangible financial wealth. And it's not talking about like, oh, I'm wealthy because I have the love of my friends and family. It's like, no, I've been able to display like spiritual understanding and translate it into dollars, mm. which for me is is really interesting. And I want to get into that in a little bit about how to like integrate yeah. all this stuff. Yeah. Um, at the same time, she had given me that book and she was just basically like, here, I, I think you could use this. And it was, the, the way she gave it was very uh, almost non-directive. It was just like, you're ready for this versus like, you must read this. Uh, and um, had other friends who were also kind of getting started in their, their spiritual journey. Uh, I'll go ahead and call him that my name, like uh, Adam Russell being one of my friends. And I, I remembered as I started getting to a place in my meditation where I was having more clarity, I was having more vision, uh, things got a little weird, right? Like there was a little bit of schism break uh, and be specific about what that means. Like I remember like waking up at two or three in the morning and seeing like shadowy figures. Uh, I remember getting like really clear uh, directions through uh, meditation. Um, 
and my first response, right? You introduced me as like a skeptic and a pragmatist is I was like, oh shit, I'm, I'm going crazy. Like, which was like one of my fears. Um, I, I know people who have like real world schizophrenia. And if you've ever been around it, like it is tragic. Uh, it is horrific. It is one of the saddest things I've seen. And I, I just wish it on, I wish everyone who has that to get better. And so that was one of my fears. I was like, oh, uh, I'm hearing voices. I'm seeing things that I've never seen before. And based on my previous experience, I was like, that may, means I'm going towards this direction. And so I called my buddy, Adam Russell. I'm like, dude, I think I'm going crazy. And he's like, he just started laughing. He was like, no, that's, he was like that. I thought the same thing when I started doing this. Uh, and the clear distinction, right? Since I did bring it up uh, is like, I talked to uh, my, my spiritual guide who I told you about like, oh, hey, I think I'm going crazy. This is not good stuff. And she was like, um, Lance, uh, in general, crazy people don't have awareness of themselves going crazy. She's like, so for that fact alone, you're, you're not going crazy. And uh, probably a, a key litmus test is if you're being detrimental to yourself, mm -hmm. right? Like in society, people who are seeing things, hearing things, and it's causing very detrimental things to happen to them or others, that is mental illness. Like that's something you need to get addressed and get taken care of. But to receive, uh, let's just call it otherworldly guidance, right? Because mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. Uh, and there are things that are societally beneficial, right? It makes you healthier. It draws you into connection with your community. Uh, that, to me, might be the most sane thing there is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, we, you skipped over it really fast when you said it, but I'm going to have to come back to this question because I'm intrigued by what you experienced, uh, with the out of body experience. So, uh, that was one of the things that when Carrie and I first started doing this was the deep rooted programming that I've had on what does it look like? to other people outside of me when they start talking like this and all of my history and media and whatever else has said they're batshit right yeah sure right <laughs> and so but once you start heading down this self-discovery path and you start learning your own abilities and what you're capable of and what you can tap into and things like that you have this question in your head of like did i just make that up Am I going crazy? And when you come to the reality that you're not, who the F is going to believe me? Mm -hmm. Right? So there's a lot of judgment. Sure. Right. That happens there. So just know for me, I have personally had those similar experiences, especially in the beginning. Uh, and it's even stronger now than it was then. And I just go with it. I'm like, I'm just going to trust this. Right? Right. So when you started doing that, like, where did you when you did the out of body, like I, I have to talk about this because that's so freaking cool. And that's something I haven't 
met yet, right? I've never like stepped out of me in the astral traveling portion and seen sure. me. So did you see you or what is that? What did you see? <laughs> <laughs> like, what did you see? Share. Share. Language is such an inefficient tool Agreed. for explaining the beyond. Agreed. Uh, but I'll try. Because <laughs> uh, so much of what I saw, heard, witnessed can't be uh, explained in words. Uh, I, tr I paint a lot, right? Because like a lot of how I'll, I'll receive, um, let's say like a deep vision where I do have an out-of-body experience. Uh, it, it'll be to told in like shape, um, which I mean, if, you, if you're going beyond like the human experience on earth, uh, that's more logically the language of the universe, right? Because all, all things are <laughs> shape. Uh, we as humans in this country speak English to communicate the different things we're feeling, but that's a little detached from reality. Uh, meaning the, the more you get away from language, the, the truer the experience it is, mm -hmm. like when you're talking about things you feel uh, in your body. Um, so in, in, in no particular uh, order, uh, the, the process for me was, was one, uh, going into a state that I might um, equate to like a deep sleep, right? Like you have your, your waking life, you have your dream life, uh, and then you have your deep sleep where there is no dream, there is no awake, it's just the witness of I am. And so let's say it's a deep meditation. The first step is made just completely detach from my own body, my own thoughts, my own feelings. Uh, and you're just in a state without fear, a state without desire, and just like openness, ready to see what happens. Um, and then the next phase is, is yeah, I may see uh, vision. And by vision, I, I literally mean like sight in front of me uh, of different colors, different shapes, different forms. And a lot of times embedded in those shapes and forms uh, is some kind of message, either in, uh, in terms of like a clarity about something uh, or a deeper understanding or seeing a connection, uh, right? You talked about patterns earlier, like, oh, the fact that I'm doing this, that's what's resulting in that. But it, it's, not, it's not said to you, or at least for me, it wasn't said to me in words. It wasn't like, Lance, because you're doing this, <laughs> yeah. that's happening. It's a knowing. Yeah, it's, it's a knowing. What a great way to say that. And instead, and, and this, this might sound far out there, but it's, it's the truth. Like instead, like I might see a bird on fire and I know a certain action I need to take. Mm -hmm. um, so each experience is, is very different. Um, it's when you do get to that point, uh, for me at least, it's extremely rewarding. Uh, it's, it's what I would consider fun. <laughs> Because you're you're getting to do what uh, what monks are doing, right? Like, here was my misunderstanding: is I thought like people in monasteries were sitting there in in very dull existences, you know, sweeping their steps, carrying buckets of water, sitting for hours of meditation, just silence. 
like kind of a detachment for the world. What I didn't realize is they're actually going on journeys like out into space, like just adventure time pretty much every day and like coming back with that wisdom. Uh, so to, to get a small piece of that, uh, meaning for you as the individual to be able to go beyond yourself, gain access to information and then bring it back when you come back out of meditation, like it's, it's really special. It's really, it's really exciting. And what a difference that 10 years makes in what we call fun. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's definitely better than any series you can binge. So <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. Uh, so this, this idea of, of taking things back with you, this has kind of been my focus, right? Like I thought about the life of monks and I'm like, that's, it's not really interesting to me, to me, like at least in this body in this lifetime where I am right now, uh, I, I want to do things. I want to make things. Uh, and so how can I use these experiences, not as the ends, but as a means, like, how can I use this as a tool and integrate it into the waking life. What that means specifically for me uh, is um, increasing my finances. And there's a reason I chose that. The capitalist dominated world that we live in today, nothing really is established to show tangible change as much as the economic system. And let, me, let me say that in a, in, a, in a different way because I think it's an important point. We talk about be careful with who you share these experiences with, right? Um, it's one thing to have the experience. You know that it's real. It's another thing to talk to other people who have also had experiences. They get it. But to talk to the masses who have not yet had the benefit of having these experiences, it's just going to go right over their head or they're going to think what I thought of myself, like you're nuts. Mm -hmm. But if you can show like, Hey, because I was able to do these things, I've changed my own personal riches. Like I've been able to make money from this. That's something which causes light bulbs in people's mind to go like, wait, what? You did what now? <laughs> you, you were here, had no money, and now you have a lot of material financial wealth, which we reward and praise in this current society. And you did that by just sitting on a pillow? <laughs> like, <laughs> you, like, tell me more about that. You, you get what I'm saying? Like, I need to understand better. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, and then it's, the questions. <laughs> if, if our goal uh, as individuals having these experiences is that we want more people to have these experiences is, is I was like, let's, let's go through a route that's very practical, very tangible. And look, if I'm being totally honest, a lot of it's to prove it to myself, mm. right? Like this isn't just showing other people what you can do, but this is going back to the, the skeptic and the pragmatist. Like this is how I know it's real. If I can go outside of myself, gain information, intuition that I can then use and apply to build something very concrete, very tangible, 
that tells me that it's it's not just that it's it's real magic. I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> As you put it, the proof is in the pudding, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the, the the proof is in the pudding. So um, I hope I don't get a uh, flack for using a uh, Karl Marx quote here, but he says uh, philosophers over time have only interpreted the world uh, in certain ways. But the point is to change it, right? Like whether it's you as an individual, how do you change yourself? How do you impact the world for the better? Um, and I realize a lot of our conversation, I hope I haven't been too vague. Uh, at least for me, it's more interesting to talk about the conceptual than the, the practical, but how this is played out in the practical uh, is, is let's kind of go through those three things, the, the health, the wealth, the happiness. So health, before embarking on this journey, um, I remember going to the doctor in my mid twenties. Uh, they had like a, a free um, blood panel thing uh, when I was in school, uh, and the doctor was like, "Oh boy, I'm glad you came in because uh, your blood sugar is extremely high. You got diabetes. Uh, I'm going to refer you to a dermatologist. You got some stuff going on here." The dermatologist was like, uh, "Yeah, you got some some skin cancer from a lot of sun of sun exposure as a kid." Um, as uh, mentioned in the intro, like I was overweight, out of shape. Uh, and since that time, like I've been able to get in extraordinary shape, right? Like uh, recent lab results, everything's exceptional, right? Like cholesterol, blood sugar, like to give you some real data, like my blood sugar was at 130. Uh, now I think it's like uh, 75 to 80 on a normal wow. basis. Uh, my body fat was at like 38%. Uh, at one point, I was able to get it all the way down to 7%. It's definitely not there today. <laughs> um, I was physically uh, weak, like not very strong. Uh, I was able to, uh, to focus uh, and harness physical strength uh, and break like powerlifting records, right? Like I bench pressed over 500 pounds. Um, on the, the wealth side, uh, using these, I'm going to say, call them tools, right? Like all these experiences that you're able to apply, increase my finances, my income uh, in, in less than five years by over 600%, right? Like going from a place of statistical poverty uh, to now being in like top 10% of income earners in the United States, right? Like not done. I want to get in that top 1% threshold. Uh, and then the, the happiness, right? Like that's a little harder to measure because it's, it's uh, with you personal, personally, but going from a place of like disconnection, not really having super strong relationships to having uh, deep relationships with friends, uh, having better relationships with my, my family, right? Like there's less triggering moments. It used to be interacting with my family. It'd be like any little thing would be like, set me off and like, ah, now like able to calmly uh, navigate uh, those situations. Uh, I was able to uh, marry my, who I consider my soulmate uh, and we have a wonderful marriage. Um, so just all the, once again, looking at the results, mm -hmm. if I would have just been so focused on the process and been too myopic and like in it from a day to day, be like, mm, that was boring, that I didn't achieve anything. Instead, trusting the process and looking at where I was here seven years ago versus where I am today for myself as an observer, 
observer, I can objectively say, yeah, it worked. And uh, I'm hoping that anyone else who has observed it, that they're understanding like, okay, there's, there's maybe something to this. It's quite yeah. the transformation over the last seven years going from, you know, eating, what was it? Buttered noodles, a big bowl of buttered noodles in your single bedroom apartment to uh, ramen and bologna. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> those days <laughs> to growing your own garden in the backyard with yeah. your best friend. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it is beautiful. And, and even just to see the, the growth in, in the love aspect for you has been absolutely incredible, you know? Um, I remember times where, uh, you know, even for myself, that I just didn't have that expanse, uh, expansive love feeling, right? Where the things that you come in contact with and the people that you come in contact with and how you actually feel a love for them, whether you know them or not, right? Like that was something that I know I never did. And I saw you start to do that quite, yeah. quite, quite frequently, actually. And it was just really cool to witness. So, so, so what do you it. think it is? Do you think it's, uh, the mind opening the mind that opens the heart, or do you think it's opening the heart that opens the mind? So for me, I feel like my mind is the physical and, and because it is the physical thing that guards me, that protects me, that, uh, allows the assistance of the body to function and things of that nature. Um, I, I separate that a little bit because it works in tandem with your spiritual. I mean, you know, that's, what's kind of powering it on, you know what I'm saying? But for me, I feel that it's the, it's the non-physical aspect of me, the true me that powers that ability. Um, and, and I don't, and I think it overrides the mind quite a bit. Um, so that's kind of how I feel about it, but that's how I, how I see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I love that you bring that up, right? Because when I talk about using the, the tools, uh, it, it very much is, at least to me, on like um, a thought level, right? Like I've acquired this new understanding, this new clarity, let's apply it. But the purpose, the reason for doing that, that's encased in the love, right? N nothing is done because like there's there's nothing on a, a level of competition it's not like oh i'm trying to be better than someone else or i'm trying to to win a, a game or um the the purity i guess in the intention is one that like hey i want to do this thing whatever the thing you're trying to achieve because it's better for me or it's better for others and Usually, they're one, they're one and the same, right? Like, the, the best thing you can do for the world is to be the best version of yourself. And so that has to come from a place of love, of self-love, of love for the community, of connection, uh, that that's the purpose behind any of the things you're trying to accomplish. It is literally, quite literally, the base of all things. <laughs> mm -hmm. The yeah. things we have done for the sake of that in itself, you know? So <laughs> you're, you're either going towards connection or uh, away towards separation. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. 
So I was actually uh, thinking back to when you were talking about um, discerning whether you're crazy or not, right? Whether uh-huh. <laughs> and um, jury's still out, by the way. Connect well, you know, it always is sane, <laughs> insane. I mean, it's all subjective, anyways, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but connecting it to the love portion, when you are connecting with your guides, if you know, you, you said earlier that if it's for the detriment of society, then it's not, you know, then, then we need some mental health support. Knowing that the information that you receive, the guidance that you receive, that that's connected through love, not just, um, expanding it beyond you, but also expanding it within you. That is the guidance of our guides. That is, um, connecting, bringing us closer to that connection with spirit, with source and with ourselves. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I, I think of like three of my, um, you can call them like personal heroes. You can call them guides that I don't interact with. Like these are, uh, living people, uh, philosophers or psychiatrists that have, uh, studied humanity and, and offer like some valuable insights is, I like um, Victor Frankel, for example, says that there should be uh, two statues in America. There should be your uh, Statue of Liberty in the East Coast and your Statue of Responsibility in the West Coast. <laughs> and I, I love that concept because what that tells me is, is yeah, as a human, you're, you're free to choose. Um, especially in the 21st uh, century, we have more freedom to choose than we've ever had in, in all of humankind. Uh, but that freedom also has a responsibility to it. And usually that responsibility is things that are beneficial to society, right? Like we have a responsibility to love and support each other. We have a uh, responsibility to leave the world a little better place uh, than how we found it. Um, and it's, it's such a important thought because freedom unchained and untethered, like that's actually how you end up with things like mental illness. Like that's, that's selfishness, that's uh, chaos, uh, that's division. Uh, and all that stems from just like thinking uh, you have freedom, but you don't have responsibility. Mm-hmm. And, and we need to exercise both. Uh, that's to, to lean on another. Yeah. That's, uh, that's such like a, a, a mic drop moment. Like that, that was a really <laughs> incredible piece of information because that's so pertinent to the situations that we're still continuing to deal with now, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's present in every generation. Uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, we all understand uh, the, the turning point uh, we're at now uh, in, in 2022 uh, in America uh, and around the globe for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but especially the fact that like, we have a communal choice we can make about where our, our nation heads next. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we can either descend into separation or we can elevate into, to connection. And, and my hopes is that for all of us that, uh, we choose the responsibility of, of connection. I tell you what, if you tap into Gaia, she'll tell you. You're going to ascend. 
because I'm <laughs> ascending, which means all things on this planet are coming with me. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I, I want to come back to your point on on guidance. Uh, this has been an integral thought uh, for my journey and help keep me sane. Um, Joseph Campbell, uh, he, he talks about these tiny guiding hands um, that have been with you all along. And you notice it when you look back, right? Like it's almost like you, you can't connect the dots of your life looking forward, but as you look back, you can say like, oh, well, because of that decision that had these ramifications, these repercussions. And he says, if, if you're attuned, you'll notice that something beyond you, beyond like anything that you chose was something kind of pushing you and nudging you towards the right path. Uh, and I love that. that. That makes me feel safe and comforted. It, it makes me feel that provided you're, <laughs> you're doing the work and trying, uh, that you're not, gonna, you're not gonna screw this up. <laughs> You're not going to veer wildly off course. Uh, the only way you you can, like, the only bad decision you can make is not making one, right? Who's that? Uh, Maimonides or, uh, said that. And why that's so important is you don't want to get caught up in an analysis paralysis or a fear of like, oh, I'm going to make the wrong choice. The more you do the spiritual work, the more you work with a guide, the more you connect with your community the more I trust that you'll make the right decisions. And the only way you can not make a good decision is just indifference, indecision. Is, mm -hmm. uh, so, um, indifference is still a decision. It is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, oh. Lance. Beautiful. You know, I, I do have one question before we get into our final questions. Um, you mentioned at the beginning you had some books that helped ignite your journey. For anybody that is interested in starting this journey or looking for a place to, you know, go to start asking more questions, do you have any favorite book recommendations? Absolutely. Um, I wish I would have prepared them and like had them all here <laughs> for you. Uh, so maybe where I would start is As a Man Thinketh uh, by James Allen. Um, that really intros the concept of where your heart goes, where your mind goes, where you're putting your attention, like that's going to produce the, the fruits of your labor, why it's so important to, to cultivate awareness. Uh, I referenced Joseph Campbell, uh, the power of myth for me was, was pretty, uh, life-changing, um, to understand this concept of the human monomyth, uh, which I translate to be, uh, no matter what culture you in, or you're in, no matter what age you live in, that there's, um, an essential humanness, uh, a story that we all go through, uh, and understanding, uh, that, that hero's journey as mm -hmm. he terms it, uh, can help provide a nice, uh, framework, uh, for you to progress towards, right. It's, it's almost like, uh, 
giving you a little map of your own life. Um, I referenced uh, the science of getting rich. So that's now taking these concepts and applying it directly towards wealth building. Uh, another book in that same vein, which is a little more practical, like how to apply it, uh, would be Think and Grow Rich. Um, and uh, I, I just try to read books from like every uh, religion I can get my hands on, right? Like just to name drop a few, uh, the Bible, the Torah, the Quran, uh, the Tibetan Book of the Dead, I found really, really interesting. Uh, I recently read the, the Upanishads. Um, wow. That was fantastic. Um, but yeah, just the more exposure for me, at least, that I've had towards uh, different religions, the more I actually begin to see that monomyth weave its way through all of them. Uh, a lot of times we get caught up on like the character names and see the differences because the characters have different names. But if you just look at what the, the concepts are, um, there, there's something very foundational, very fundamental and very true uh, that you'll find in all religions. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's, I think, is the, the basis of spirituality, right? Like, what is the, the Common. underlying truth that, uh, that shows you, up in many different forms? Because I have not read that many uh, different religious texts, um, would you say that the common thread that you see is love? Do you see that? The common thing is the need for love to make our existence a better place. Yeah. However, it's not love just on an earthly sense. Mm -hmm. Like the idea of connecting beyond yourself, connecting with God in whatever name you attribute to God, like that's essential for understanding how to connect closer to uh, your peers and other humans on this earth. Yes. So I kinda, All right. Oh, go ahead. I was like, any more questions before I ask my final question? Because you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> uh, we just have our uh, rapid fire questions, and then that's it. <laughs> so if you want to ask before or after, I can go into these questions. Totally up to you. You go for it. Okay. So Lance, what is your favorite self care activity? Uh, I've really gotten into daily meditation. Used to very much dislike it. Mm -hmm. Now mm -hmm. I cannot do without it. And wow, do I notice a difference a day that I skip it. Uh, I feel more erratic, uh, feel more reactive. Um, so that daily meditation is crucial for just providing like a sense of calm and clarity throughout the day. Um, sometimes I do it unguided sometimes guided especially if i'm like it depends if i'm like trying to get inspired or if i'm looking for clarity uh and then periodically uh no set schedule here but like maybe on a monthly basis i may set aside time to do a really deep what i would call a reset meditation right like something that's an hour plus uh and just really letting me have a deep experience my schedule doesn't afford that on a, a daily basis daily it's as short as 10 minutes, um, but also making time for really deep ones periodically. Very nice. I love it. Yes. What is 
one piece of advice that you would now give to your younger self? Absolutely. Uh, focus and to remove distractions. Um, I, I think about it as like your, your personal energy uh, being similar to light, right? Like you can have light, the same energy, but if it's uh, scattered, that light's going to be very dim. Or you can focus that light, have it be a laser beam that can literally like pierce through things. <laughs> and and uh, to, to remember that, that time isn't as important as direction. What I mean by that, the two, the two concepts are related, is before embarking on this journey, I was very scattered with my energy. Oh, I got to do this thing, do this thing, go here, 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 here. Uh, and I got to do them on a really uh, quick time period and like arbitrary expectations. I got to achieve this by this age. I got to accomplish this by next month. Why? <laughs> what's, what's important is the direction you're headed. If I'm trying to go down like 20 different paths at the same time, I'm not really making progress and kind of spinning my wheels versus saying, here's my purpose. Here's my direction. And knowing that rushing doesn't get you anywhere faster, just stay towards that direction. Uh, I felt like I, I, I did spend a, a lot of energy more than I needed to, like just jumping all over the place. And had I just like instead been very relaxed, almost uh, methodical and just like picked a direction, uh, you don't have to move as fast, but you can get there faster just because you're focused. I love that. I absolutely love that. So on our final question, Lance, what does self-love mean to you? So for this next one, I'm, I'm going to read it uh, just because I think I need to hear it for myself. <laughs> is <laughs> nice. it, It's remembering that, that I'm a human too. And, and I don't just mean that for me, like for, for anyone, the basis of self-compassion is to not not beat yourself up, right? We talked about removing the, the judgment. Because um, yeah, you're, going, you're not a perfect being. You're going to have missteps. Acknowledge that that's okay. Uh, that there's no re reason to feel guilty or shameful about a misstep. But instead, just commit to doing better next time. Uh, like, yeah, I didn't want to do that thing. I don't need to beat myself up about it but I do want to be a little better. So let's make sure next time that situation arises, let me, let me choose how I act. Let me act in a, in a way that's a higher version of myself. Um, and then finally, just remembering to rest, right? Like in this digital age, we are just bombarded with so many demands for our attention uh, that a, a lot of, this clarity that we've talked about here today, it comes through rest. Absolutely. Oh, thank you so, so much, Lance. This was yes. amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks to both of y'all for uh, allowing a, a space for me to uh, not only share my story, but to think through this for the first time uh, on, on my own. We, we talked about this um, before the call, but I had never really done a period of self-reflection 
in my own journey. So it was kind of neat to uh, get these thoughts aligned uh, and to, to use that same example of um, being the observer in your own experiment is, is looking back and uh, saying like, oh, wow, this, this test subject <laughs> uh, has, uh, has made a lot of progress. Uh, and um, I don't know, I, I guess I'm, I'm proud of the, of the change. Yes. Oh, I feel like you should just like give yourself a big old hug right now. I know. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> hug. Yeah. And for those the of you listening, group these, Zoom two, hug. <laughs> these two give the most incredible hugs. They're just like, you know, you're getting a hug when you get a hug from these two. So in a non-perverse way whatsoever, may I ask. All right. Thanks for the distinction. You're welcome. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Lance, thank you so much for, for being a part of, you know, this, this show, this episode for being vulnerable, being open to sharing your experiences. So other people feel inspired, so they feel less alone, so they can start, you know, their own journey if they are wanting to, um, totally up to them, but you know, just, just so grateful to know you and have you in our life and get to share these really neat life experiences with you. So thank you, Lance. And thank you, Shira, too. <laughs> Thanks, Carrie. Thanks, Lance. I hope everyone has a fantastic day. Lance, more than happy to come back on, on our stuff whenever you want. Okay. Oh, and oh I would love it. And uh, Carrie and Shira, thank you uh, both for having me on, uh, for being good friends. Uh, as, uh, you mentioned earlier, Carrie, like, uh, wow. It's, it's funny how different, uh, what we consider fun. Uh, I definitely <laughs> considered this fun today. Yes, good. <laughs> good. Me too. <laughs> awesome. Uh, audience. Thank you so much for checking out this episode today. We really appreciate you being a part of this journey with us as well. Uh, we hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and stay tuned for the next People's Journey episode. <laughs> and don't forget to love first, love last, and love always. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. listener. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us in this moment. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and we look forward to our next connection. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow to stay notified of new content from Love Always Self. If you have any questions or topics you'd like for us to discuss, please hit us up on any of our social media platforms linked in the show notes below. I'm Karista. And I'm Shira. And until next time, remember to love first, love last, and love always. Love Always Self podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. We do not make any warranties about the completeness, reliability, and accuracy of the information presented in this podcast. Any action you choose to take upon the information in this podcast is strictly done so at your own risk, and we will not be held liable for any losses and damages in connection with the use of our podcast. Any and all medical concerns should be addressed with a licensed healthcare provider, as well as any questions that may be derived from the information discussed in this podcast.